change cultivators are growing posse of leaders who are part of our community and seeking tips, tricks, and hacks on how to be a better leader in times of transformation and disruption. We are excited to be back and kicking off season number four. We took a small break, got the tent to some other things in our businesses and in our life in general, but we are excited to be back and kick off season four. I am Patrick Fitzmorris. I'm your co-host. I'm also a CEO of a consulting firm called Caterpillar Farm, and I'm excited to be back behind the mic with my friend and my co-host, Rosalind Boy. I'm, and I'm glad she's back in the States. Roz, how are you? Welcome. Can you, where have you been? And can you believe we're kicking off the fourth season of our discussions with great change leaders? I know it's crazy. Season four already, Patrick, good to be back. I've just uh, had two months in South Africa. I managed to sneak out during a, a COVID restriction gap and uh, back in the States now. So it's so awesome to be back here with our dear friend, Cassandra. It is so awesome to have you back on the show. Thank you so much. What up, peeps? What? Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to be back on the platform, seeing y'all's faces. No, and it's seven. It's seven thirty in the morning here. So what a way to kick off with the uh, <laughs> wonderful energy to wake you up. <laughs> awesome, and we are we are super excited to go deeper into a conversation around the topic of change enthusiasm. And Rosin, Rosin, uh, Cassandra, we'll talk a little bit more and recenter us on what that is. But you know, as leaders in times of change, you are listeners. You know, you need to connect with people and you need to help them come through transformation and deal with disruption. And if you've ongoing listeners of our podcast here at Change Cultivators, which you should be, so please follow us on LinkedIn and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. You should remember our current guest who's here with us, who you just heard we had on last year. Cassandra Worthy is, and it, it don't, I almost need like a big drum roll when I say this, drum roll, drum, is the world's leading authority on change enthusiasm. Welcome back to the show, Cassandra. What up, what up, what up? It's good uh, to be here. <laughs> Thank you. And and we have the honor today of you being, I think, Roz, the we have the high honor and distinction of you being the first repeat guest that we've had on really? the Change Cultivator Show. Yes. Oh, wow. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's we, awesome. We missed you so much. We had to get you back. Oh, good. I missed you guys, too. When I saw your note come through, Patrick, I was like, yes, let's get in <laughs> conversation again. I had a blast last time. You know, I do I do quite a few podcasts and and this was definitely one of my favorite collisions and conversations. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm so happy to be back with you all and with all your listeners. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So so Roz, remember our conversation last time and maybe we can give our listeners something around change enthusiasm. How do you want to think about that, Roz? Well, I was thinking about our time this morning, Cassandra, and I remember uh, just the nuggets you gave us from our conversation. And I actually printed them out and have had them up in my study because oh, I wow. love them so much. And I, and I use them when I speak to people all the time. And I think, you know, the thing that stood out for me most is, is your um, concept of emotion being a gift. Mm. And you said it's a signal, it's an opportunity, it's a choice, it's energy in motion. And really, you know, that is the um, the foundation of the change enthusiasm concept and brand that you have, have developed. So I'd love you just to refresh our listeners or for those that didn't listen to the last podcast and just talk to them a little bit about what change enthusiasm is and why you have decided to dedicate your life to to this concept and brand? Sure, I'd love to. So I will be uh, up front and say anytime I'm meeting someone new and tell them that my business is all around change enthusiasm and that I'm a change enthusiast, 
they always, sometimes I get like eye rolls, like, come on, I don't need another little cliche, rah, rah, positivity, optimistic. It's really tough, but you'll get through it. And that's not what change enthusiasm is about, right? So this is actually a practice. It is a growth mindset. It is something that you mentally practice in those synapses, across those synapses, those mental fibers each and every day. And it actually faces the really tough emotions of change head on. So you practice change enthusiasm through three steps. Uh, and I've shortened them down to the signal, the opportunity, and the choice. And the signal is where it all starts. And it's those really tough emotions, those feelings that we encounter when we're going through big change and transformation. Feelings like fear, like anxiety, like frustration, anger, or grief, right? Grief of what, you know, you've lost things, the way things used to be, right? And as soon as you can accept that those emotions exist to serve you, that they are indeed gifts, they're an inheritance of our species, and honestly, you have an infinite well of them just bubbling up from within, you can get about the business of accepting their invitation to your opportunity to grow. And that's the second step. Uh, and honestly, this is where the work happens, right? You've accepted that invitation to grow. And then you're thinking, how can I maximize this opportunity? What options do I have? How can I move forward in a way where I learn more about myself or my colleagues, my peers, my business, my company? How can I grow in this moment? And then that final step is, is where the magic happens, right? It's this powerful seat of choice making a choice from all those options to move forward towards your better, right? Reaching for that better feeling and, and learning and evolving. Um, and again, this is a practice uh, and I see it as really a growth cycle because, you know, I've been doing this for over 15 years now and I still get frustrated when I'm encountering change or, or big growth. Uh, and so I, I know that I get to continue practicing this in the face of every what I call signal emotion. Um, and yeah, it's, it's something that helps you build your resiliency muscle uh, over time when you practice it. But yeah, for those of you thinking, oh gosh, this is just a sugary sweet rah rah she's just a cheerleader uh it's not this this really faces you and and hits you right wherever you're sitting during your change journey it's it's so cool because we can dig into the book from that right so nobody would be able to write a book about something that was fuzzy sugary sweet didn't have any meat or discipline to it wasn't a real practice so we're going to dig into the book a little bit but first uh to our listeners heads up stay tuned at the end of the podcast we're going to share with you a way you can sign up for a free e-chapter of the book right so the book is just dropping you can get it anywhere but if you want a free e-chapter to dig into some of it we'll share with you at the end of the podcast and put it in the notes on how to get there so cassandra so the book title change in enthusiasm, how to harness the power of emotion for leadership and success. So before we get into the meat of what's inside the book, why even do it? Why pause and write a book now? You know, okay. who should who should read the book? And, you know, why do you want them to even pick it up? Why even go grab it at a bookstore? Yeah. So what I wanted to do with this book, the core intention was to bring the idea, the concept of change enthusiasm from the clouds and make it very practical. So I wanted to author the playbook of change enthusiasm and present exercises as well as, you know, in-depth journey through the concepts. But how can you put this mindset into practice in your day to day? It is rich with all types of exercises, interactions uh, for you to start practicing this on a, on a daily basis. I also had the great opportunity of engaging with fellow change enthusiasts around the world, and they've shared their stories in the book. 
how they've put this uh, mindset into practice and what was the result. Um, and so it's not only my perspective, what I experience in my own personal journey, but also painting the picture through the lenses of others from C-suite executives down to, you know, employees on the shop floor. I have those stories intermingled with these practical applications, practical exercises. And that was really my intention. I want people to know how to practice this in their day to day. Perfect. Mm. Love that. Thank you for writing it, by the way, on behalf of uh, all of our no, listeners. Boy, Thanks for welcome. writing it. <laughs> and who knew, right? So I... I started the proposal with this for to my publisher in fall of 2019, and the book deal was inked, I think, the first week of March 2020, just before, you know, COVID rocked the entire world and put us on, on lockdown. And so I wrote these pages when I was going through perhaps the biggest upheaval disruption to my business that I'd ever experienced. So I literally was writing the words, the exercises that I got up and had to practice each and every day to pivot my business, turn it around and still be able to grow through a global pandemic. Uh, and honestly, I think the timing was, was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect because I was in it. When I was writing about the signal, I was feeling the signals. <laughs> so it was, and I think uh, it, was just, it was perfect time. And I think Cassandra, that sort of goes through your whole concept of change enthusiasm. I remember you telling us the story about Cassandra, you can get bitter or better, yes. um, you know, in your in your 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 career. And I think, you know, to all our listeners, I think the important thing about Cassandra and her concept and her brand and her book is really this has come from personal experience, right from the day dot. You know, Cassandra, tell us a little bit about that conversation with sure. your manager and sure. what took you from being a an engineer to now a change enthusiast to now also an author and and really just to highlight the credibility behind everything you're talking about because it's a journey you've gone through yourself over a very long period of time. Yeah, I'd love to. So yeah, I'm a chemical engineer uh, by trade and I spent nearly 15 years working in corporate leveraging that degree. Um, a lot of work in research and development, innovation, and then leading teams and organizations bringing you know consumer products uh, to the biggest you know, brands, largest markets uh, in the world. And it was an awesome, awesome experience. Uh, I loved my time in corporate, but it was not without opportunity to grow. Uh, and I will tell you, my very first big opportunity was uh, an acquisition. Uh, it was a multi-billion dollar acquisition. I had transferred in from the parent company into that business that had been acquired. And I will tell you, it was like I was leaving the company I had joined about four years prior, and I was joining a completely different company with a completely different culture, completely different behaviors, everything that I knew, everything that had enabled me to thrive up until that point just wasn't the same in those, in those walls. And it was like an us versus them culture. And for those of you who have been through acquisitions, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, I felt like all of my ideas, all of my ways where I wanted the business to grow was met with a lot of, uh, um, you know, disagreement, disharmony, pushback, uh, and so, yeah, I went to a mentor because I was feeling, I didn't have language for it at the time, but I was feeling all those signal emotions. I was angry. I was frustrated. Uh, and honestly, every single day I wanted to quit. Every day I wanted to quit and walk out and just thinking, this is not the place for me. I can't grow here. And so I, I went to this mentor uh, who was also a heritage parent company thinking she could right all the wrongs, right? She can fix this. And uh, honestly, I told her everything short of like, fire my manager, fire this other guy over here that I'm struggling with, and then promote me. 
so I can fire some more people. <laughs> because they're all doing it wrong, right? They're all doing it wrong, right? They're getting in my way. Yeah. And she looked at me and that's what she said. She's like, Cassandra, I, I got some advice for you. You know, you can either get bitter or you can get better. And it is up to you. It is your choice. Um, I'll be honest, in that moment, uh, I was I was enraged. <laughs> I, I, of course, thanked her. But I was as I was leaving, I was like, what is she talking about? This is not my choice. She's the one that's a director. It's, it's not me. I'm just a lowly engineer. I can't do anything about this. Uh, but fortunately, I let those words, bitter or better, start to marinate over the next few days. And I was like, you know what? I do have control over how I experience my work. I can't control this. And that's when I started to cultivate this mindset recognizing that if I'm feeling this way, it's got to mean I, I can grow. It's got to mean that I'm learning. I'm in this situation that very few people get to encounter where you're a part of this multi-billion dollar acquisition, a cultural integration. How can I learn from this? This is a really cool experience. And when I shifted that mindset, started making choices to inspire better feelings within myself each and every day, the impact was incredible. I actually started to influence that entire culture and started to help that integration, merging the best of both worlds. Uh, and it was an incredible opportunity. And then I got to go on to another assignment that was a promotion that I would not have had had I not transitioned in. And so mm -hmm. it's like, wow, you know, this, this stuff worked. This, this, these yeah. conscious choices, knowing that these signal emotions are here to serve me, they're a gift. And I just kept cultivating that message um, and it continued to serve me because I went through yet another acquisition uh, many years down the road. But but yeah, that's really where it all spawned. It was it was me learning how to grow in the most devastating and darkest place in my professional career. And so it really starts with you as an individual, right, in terms of how you approach and manage change. And in your book, um, you talk about the fact that there's tools that can be applied to both your personal and professional life. Um, and I'd love to just touch on that for a few minutes. Why have you blended the two? I mean, we've seen, I think, during COVID how, um, you know, and over the past few years, it's not work-life balance anymore. It's work-life integration. And actually, the person you are at work and the person you are at home is actually becoming more and more the same person because of multiple aspects, you know, you know, always being on COVID, Zoom, opening up your, your world and your life. And I was just interested in, in your thinking, you know, because when we spoke before, um, we focused a lot more sort of on the corporate side of things. But this time I'm getting a little bit more of a feeling, you know, in terms of this is a book for business people or for an individual who wants to really dive into this. You don't have to be in a big corporate to um, embrace the, the techniques and the principles that you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And let me just say, I love this work-life integration. And I think we talked about it before. I am ready to make work-life balance obsolete. And what a gift it has been through the pandemic that we've seen that, we've embraced that. And it's really, to your point, brought us to the forefront that, yeah, I, I am this one individual that is reaching for an uh, authentically successful, fulfilled life. That includes the choices to work wherever I choose to work, as well as everything else that I have sprinkled around my life. It is an integration. How are you making choices to, to reach fulfillment? So yeah, I, I love that. And that the pandemic has brought that to the forefront. But yeah, this thing works no matter you know, what situation you are in life. Emotion is a universal language. And I guarantee you changes that happen outside of work still invite emotion. 
right? <laughs> I mean, we're emotional in your, beings. In your friendships, your marriage, your parenting, it's it's, yes. it's all day. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I have never experienced so much emotion coming up and down <laughs> as, I, as I have in the last two-and-a-half years. So there, I, there, I, there, I breeding ground for growth, right? The child's growing, and you're growing as an individual just as much as they are, right? It's, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the situation, if you're experiencing – fear or frustration or anger with disruption or changes that are happening in any aspect of your life, you can put this mindset to practice. Uh, and I'll, I'll share with you that this was a huge asset for me, being a practicing change enthusiast for some of the most difficult, more personal times in my life uh, around my sobriety. Um, so I was uh, arrested for DUI um, that in that event, as you can imagine, just blindsided me. Uh, and I had always told myself that, you know, sure, I like to drink, but I can't be an alcoholic because I've never gotten a DUI before. That's that's what alcoholics do. So I told myself I'd never get one of those. So when I got arrested for one, I was rocked. And it was through the practice of this mindset, recognizing and you talk about darkness and devastation, recognizing that those emotions as gifts that, wow, this is probably the biggest opportunity that I've ever had in my life to make a choice to embrace my alcoholism uh, as a part of me and that it's completely okay uh, and to move forward in sobriety. And in making that choice, you know, my life's trajectory was just shot off to the, to the races, to the moon uh, because of that choice. But honestly, it was through the practice of this that got me out of that out of that hole because I had been practicing change enthusiasm, gosh, for about ten years um, at that time. But yeah, it's uh, that goes to show it's applicable uh, at whether the devastation uh, of your personal life or you know your choices you make in uh, in work as well. It's it's such a personal story that you share there, and it's it's so critical, right, to say you know we we think we function in organizations and teams as a part of a team, but we start as humans, right? And I, it's, you know, I, part of the thread that I love about how you approach change enthusiasm is it's so much comes from the human side. When we talk about team dynamics, when we talk about organizational dynamics, people get into the, into the weeds of structure and ways of working and process flows, but you forget we're putting humans into that, right? And it's the humanity side of all of this that's so critical to get your head around either for yourself or for driving your team through something. Yeah. And why that's you, you're spot on and why waste given that humanity, the, the energy that we bring and that's emotion, right? Why waste that resource? Why not give your workforce, your employees, yourself, the means, the tools to transform that signal emotional energy into energy like hope and joy and excitement and anticipation. Just you know, imagine an organization that's 95% when a change hits, oh, this is about, I can't wait to see what's about to happen. And you got this anticipation and this great energy, and that can fuel the growth of not only you at a personal level, but also growth of, of business and, and change change challenges. But this emotion, this energy, it's it's a resource. Um, and again, it's infinite. And we, we've got to get about the business of understanding it, acknowledging it, embracing it, and using it to fuel our growth when we're going through big change. Yeah, and this, this as I'm sitting here and I'm kind of I'm looking at you because I get the pleasure of looking at you while you talk today. Our <laughs> listeners won't get that, but I, I'm looking at you and I kind of can see the passion for it. And, and I, I want to kind of connect the dots a little bit for our, our, our listeners. So chemical engineer by trade, 
Yes. But we're having this deep conversation about emotions. Uh, and I'm going to bring it to a point and then give you the floor. So I had the pleasure of sharing a virtual stage with Cassandra a couple of months back. I, I get a chance to run an industry leadership group in the consumer goods and retail space. And um, I made the suggestion that maybe they wanted to hear from Cassandra and they took the bait. And it was awesome, right? And so there were some cool things that happened as you get a group of industry executives talking about this notion of emotion. But it connected back to chemical because I was forced to remember chemical element symbols and signals. And I'm like, all of a sudden there's a slide up there and saying, who knows what this is? And I'm like, crap, I skipped all of that when I went to school. So connect the dots between the discipline and rigor of chemical engineering and this notion of how you lead teams through this and make it all make sense. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so the fact that I have a chemical engineering degree and that I enjoy engineering is just one part of me. Um, and it really came about because of my innate insatiable curiosity. Um, I just was attracted to science and math because it helped me solve problems and helped me answer questions and quench, you know, just for a fleeting moment, my curiosity. And that's really how I got into engineering because that's all about problem solving. But regardless of my using that tool in my professional life, uh, I, like you, am also <clears throat> an emotional being. Um, and so going through that acquisition, seeing how I was able to grow through it while seeing many of my colleagues either a trit out or just kind of stay in that mental downward spiral. That's really what planted the seed in me that my goodness, there's got to be a way that I can package that I can reframe in a pragmatic way. This is using my structure of engineering mind in a way that I can gift this to someone else and help them realize you have the power to grow through this as well. You have the power to choose your fulfilled growth, regardless of what you're going through. Uh, so it really was a matter of my wanting to help, uh, as well as leverage my gifts and talents and passion in the biggest way and best way possible uh, for the world. You know, I, I have to this day embraced my purpose in life to be enabling this light, this energy, this, 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 uh, this spirit that I feel inside of me to enable that to be inspired to spring forth from somebody else. So when I get off a stage and I'm feeling this energy and I see that same light and I've seen it from your face, Patrick, and I see that same light bounce right back at me. It's like, yes, this is what I'm, this is what I meant to do. Um, and honestly, the reason that I got into the practice and the work that I do now around emotions and change is because too often in my personal life, as well as you know, with my network of, of executives and, and other peers, I saw that leaders were leaving emotion at the door, were not really, really acknowledging that they're very real um, without, you know, maybe they say one sentence, we're going through this big transformation, it's going to be tough, but here's the deliverables, let's get about the business of doing it. Basically, leave your emotions at the door or deal with that outside of work. Um, and so I just saw that as a significantly missing part uh, of folks going through change and transformation. And I wanted to step up and, and do something about it. So it really comes from a place of, you know, seeing how this has been such a help in my in my life and wanting to share it with as many people around the world as I possibly can. So, Cassandra, as you're talking, I can I can just picture some very specific individuals I've worked with in the past and again, I'm not being sexist, but mostly a lot of men going, you want to talk about emotion, like, I just, I don't want to go there, you know, and um, just because as, as you know, we touched on this last time, gender specific men and women are quite different when you, you, you bring this topic up. So 
What sort of practical things would you say to someone? So you talk about someone standing on stage now, whether they're a man or woman saying, okay, I'm delivering news to a company and I know it's going to be hard. Like what are the, some of the practical things, you know, people can, that you would say to people, actually it's not that hard to discuss emotion with the team. Yeah. You know, all you need to do is X, Y, and Z. Like are there any hooks for our listeners to sort of entice them into your book to just show them that this is not hard. It's just something that's got to be, that's got to be um, dealt with and, 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 you know, really just brought out onto the table in quite an easy way. Yeah, sure. And I don't want to underplay that for for many, this can be a challenge. uh, And that's okay. Honestly, it was a challenge for me when that director told me better or better. And I wanted to say, okay, fine, I quit. Right. So (laughs) it wasn't always, you know, as as straightforward and easy for me either. I know that it can be a challenge. Uh, The first thing that I would say is it starts with you. Right. And I know that emotions, again, are a universal language. And whether or not you want to talk about it or not, I'm certain that you felt some of these signals that I've that I've mentioned uh, in the past several minutes. And the first part of working this practice is just becoming aware of how those manifest within you. So, for your example, if you're going to introduce an, a new change to an organization and you might be feeling fearful or anxious, know what that feels like inside of you. What are the physiological behaviors and responses when you're feeling fear? I know for me, when I'm fearful and frustrated, my mouth goes dry and I usually get hair standing up on the back of my neck. That's the first part of recognizing I've got signal emotions right now. And once you've recognized them, you can begin exploring their meaning. What are the thoughts that are bringing my awareness into these emotions? And when you can do that, it's like you're creating a gap. It's like you're creating space so that you can then accept their invitation into that opportunity to grow and think about, all right, I'm feeling a little bit fearful. Uh, It means that this is a big opportunity. It's probably because this is a really big change. And you can start thinking about what are the options? How can I deliver this in a way that the organization is going to understand the criticality, but also know that I'm here to support them? Um, And honestly, the best thing you can do if you're a leader is to share a bit of vulnerability. And share the fact that, you know what, I have a few of my own signal emotions, uh, but you know what, I trust that this is the right change, this is the right transformation for us, and here's why. Uh, and give them the why. Why do you have that belief? Why do you have that trust? And let them know, I'm, I'm with you. I've got some of those energies as well. But you know what, we're going to move through this together. We're going to use this energy as fuel, and we're going to go towards this vision because I know we're going to be better because of it. It's so cool to hear you kind of talk about it. And I want to I want to put a real fine point. Oh, I want to let you put a real fine point on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine some of our listeners are leading a work team. And, and not only do you write about this, you bring it to life and, and structure the discipline of the practice of changing season, but you're out there doing it with companies. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have a consulting practice that's actually doing it. So I'll, I'll, I'll tee it up this way. You know, what are you seeing with your clients around the, the dynamic of, of struggling with change? And how would you connect that to some principle or element of the book that people will see in the book that just helps you help a leader turn that around, right? So can you give, without telling us who your clients are, that kind of stuff, but some yeah. tangible things of like, I work with companies on this, and this is how I help them unlock this through the practice and discipline of change enthusiasm. Sure. So I worked with um, a really large, notable uh, corporation um, within their change management, change management group um, and actually what was embedded in their finance team. And I worked with their leaders within that group uh, and we went through an executive workshop. Uh, in, this, in this workshop, I share what I call the change traits. 
which are the six critical traits that are needed when you're leading or influencing through change, when the emotional complexion of the organization is pretty tumultuous, right? When lots of folks are getting their signal emotions. And it was so interesting to me that as we were going through these traits and we were talking through them and where people thought they had opportunities, where they think, you know, this is a skill that I'm probably not using. The biggest one was about self, was about nurturing self and taking care of yourself when you're going through and leading through big change. You know, for leaders, I know that we can always get in a place where I want to make sure my organization has everything that it needs to be successful. I want to make sure that I am being there for them anytime that they need me, day or night. And when you do that, you can end up getting burnt out. You can run yourself ragged if you're not taking care of the person that you'll depend on the most in your life, and that's yourself. And so it's interesting. And actually, that's that wasn't an anomaly. I've done a lot of these workshops, and that's typically the one that folks will say, I think this is where I want to focus first uh, to develop myself, give myself time every day to nurture me, whether that's exercise, whether that's journaling, whether that's listening to a podcast, as well as looking for ways to grow my own strengths. Um, and again, I've seen the best, the best leaders, rock star leaders get burnout and actually quitting their jobs. Uh, because they just couldn't handle the, the pressure that they had brought onto themselves and not having that time and space to nurture in it. And it really blindsized their leadership. Like, what do you mean? You're awesome. And of course they are, but they're not taking that time for themselves. So I would say probably the biggest lesson is if you're a leader going through change, influencing change from wherever you might sit in the organization, don't forget about you. Don't forget about you. Nurture yourself. Give yourself time for reflection. And there are some very real exercises in the book around all six of the change traits. Actually, the very last part of the book, part three, is about practical application for leaders and influencers of change. Uh, for me, I see those as the most important cogs when you're going through change and transformation. And so it's important that I, I wanted to present those skills with some exercises for those folks to start putting that into practice in their day-to-day. -day. So there's about, gosh, three, 18 exercises um, in, the, in the final section of the book for you to do just that. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, well, of course. Sandra, I, of course. As I said, I've read a chapter or two, but I can't wait to dig into the full book. So exciting. Um, so as we close off, um, I wanted to hear from you. Where does the world of change take you next? This wonderful oh, world man. that never ends. What's it on the, never ends. What's on the horizon? <laughs> and where is it taking me next? <laughs> so listen, I will tell you this past 18 months has been a whirlwind, Roz. I have been so grateful to just rise to the call. I really see it as rising to the call because I have worked with clients now all over the world and with their workforce and employees and organizations bringing this mindset to life through, you know, the biggest disruption that we've humanity has seen in over a century. Um, and it has been incredible. It's been incredible. And for me, what I'm seeing now with my client base is this, what I call the great transition, right? As we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, uh, folks thinking about advancing into this new way of working. And I do not use the words back to the office because that kind of insinuates you're going back to something like it was. Mm. And I don't think that's the case for many of us. And honestly, I don't think that it should be. I think that we have had a wealth of learning over these past 18 months on the power of technology, 
the power of being able to really shrink the globe and connect all around the world uh, by working remotely and in a, you know, in a, a remote fashion. So as I think about advancing into this new hybrid way of working, I see a lot of opportunity. And that has been the hottest topic uh, for my client base over the past, I call it eight to 10 weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And thinking about how do we maneuver this? How do we see it as an opportunity? How do we take the best of both of these worlds, working in person, working remotely, to create a really highly productive, highly engaging, and highly freeing right uh, way of working in, in our businesses and in our organizations? So I, I see in the next you know three to six months, that's probably going to remain a hot topic. Uh, and for me, it's just continuing the grind, right? Continuing working, elevating bringing this message, bringing these tools to my clients when I think we're in a time that we need it most. And I'm so grateful to experience the level of momentum that I'm experiencing in the business because it means people are getting open to it, getting open to talking about emotion uh, and the power and the importance of those conversations and acknowledging them and leveraging that fuel. So yeah, it's Every day, just keep grinding and talking to rock stars like you, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with, I think you know, I just love it, this whole negative energy because everyone has just gone through it. I mean, when we first heard about COVID, it was like, okay, the world's closing for two weeks. I mean, look at it, you know, and two weeks felt like, oh, my goodness, how on earth are we going to manage this? And then it became a year and everyone realized, actually, we can adapt, you know, and and we can change. And 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 now there's positives coming out of it: new business sectors, uh, new ways of structuring teams, and all that sort of thing. So I I love it, and I think it, you know when you don't think you can do it, the world throws you something that says, "Well, best you figure it out," because yes, <laughs> you're going to yeah. have to do it. And yeah, um, yeah so to, so to our listeners again, um, if if you are looking for someone to come in and really target emotion in a company, which is something we've all really had to go through, like it or not, in a huge way in the last year. Cassandra is just such a wonderful human being to, to you know, bring comfort to your teams and, and energy and walk out there going, I can do this. You know, you just have a <laughs> conversation with Cassandra without feeling that. Um, so as Patrick says, we have a free downloadable link to um, the first chapter in her book. You can find that in our show notes. So go and get it. Um, and get inspired to read the the full book. And Cassandra, just thank you for joining us again. It's just been so nice to have you back on the show. It's so nice to be back on the show. And hopefully I'll next be the first three-time guest. guest, Or maybe the next in-person guest. We're trying to get to that at some point. (laughs) We got to do it. No, it's been a pleasure. And thank you to all your listeners. Uh, This is a rock star platform. I'm really grateful for the work, for the messages that you all are putting out. Keep pushing, keep going. I I love it. I love it. And I love to support them. It's awesome. And as we we close off on this wonderful feeling of energy and passion and and emotion, um, our, our season four is really focusing on art and the art of change, which is really a personal decision you make. Um, and it is an art that we need to, to master. So a number of our guests that are coming up for, for season four, as with Cassandra, it's the you know art of managing emotion and change. Um, that really is our theme for the, for the next season. So um, subscribe and, and keep posted. We have a great lineup of, of speakers for this next season. 